Hello, and thank you for checking out this week's episode of Renoites. My name is Connor McQuibby. I'm your host, as always. This is actually a special live episode recorded recently at Black Rabbit Mead. I'm on a break between my normal season of episodes. I'll be back in just a few weeks now, beginning of September, with new episodes. But in the meantime, I'm still doing my live episodes at Black Rabbit Mead about once a month, and I'm at the Riverside Farmer's Market most Sundays and recording some live episodes there as well with some of the other vendors. So you will see some episodes between now and September, just maybe not as frequently as normal. This week's episode from Black Rabbit Mead was with Sierra Regional Roller Derby. Super fun conversation. I'm very grateful that they brought the whole gang out there. It was a really fun crowd, and we had an awesome time. Learned a ton about the sport, and really appreciate the opportunity to have them on the show. And of course, if you have suggestions for future guests, let me know. Send me an email, Connor, C-O-N-O-R, at prenoites.com. And now, this week's episode, recorded live at Black Rabbit Mead. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this most recent live taping of Renoise. We have a packed house here at Black Rabbit Mead. There's a lot of us here. Welcome, welcome. I just want to start by introducing myself. For those of you who have not met me, my name is Connor McQuibby. I host a weekly interview podcast called Renoites. I started that a couple years ago. It's a weekly interview show, and the idea is that it's kind of the general interest podcast for everyone in Reno. I really love long-form podcasts, and we didn't really have one that was super, super hyper-local. And I love talking to people. I love learning about what's going on in my city. So I was like, I can do that. And so I did that a couple years ago, and we've had over 100 episodes now. We've done almost a year of live episodes here at Black Rabbit Mead. Can we get a big round of applause for Black Rabbit Mead, your bartenders over there? So grateful to... Will and the folks from Black Rabbit Mead for letting us do these live episodes here at Black Rabbit. It's really fun to have a live audience and very appreciative of Sierra Regional Roller Derby for bringing out what looks like a the whole team, a lot of you. And I know it's not the whole team. You got like a ton of players, but there's a lot of folks here tonight. So thank you all so much for joining tonight. A couple things you can do if you want to support the show. So my show doesn't have ads sponsors. I try to keep it as independent as possible. And the only way to do that is with financial support. So I have a Patreon. That's kind of my main source of income for the podcast. Uh, obviously not enough to live on, but enough to keep the podcast going at least. So that's patreon.com slash renoites. So if you uh, here in the audience or at home want to support the show, that is a great way to make sure that it is financially sustainable and I can keep doing what I'm doing. But... We have a show tonight, so let's jump right in. I would love to introduce our guests for tonight's episode from Sierra Regional Roller Derby, Slamuel L. Jackson and One Hit Wonder. Thank you. Thank you. We're we're happy to be here. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm very excited to have you here. I've wanted to do an episode with Roller Derby for quite a while because I'm like most of my episodes, I'm vaguely familiar with it, and I think it's really interesting and cool, but I don't know anything about it. And that's what I think is really fun for me is getting to use this show to just learn about stuff that I think is really rad. And Roller Derby is clearly something that has a lot of culture behind it, a lot of history behind it, and everyone's really enthusiastic about it. Just the energy from all of the players in this room is really, really fun. I love it. For people who don't know Roller Derby at all, right, that... It's, it's a thing on roller skates. That's all they know. Can you just start to just explain very briefly, what is the sport of roller derby? Like, what does it look like when you go to a bout? Um, I can kind of cover that a little bit. Um, the main purpose of the whole game that we play is to get your jammer to score points. So you field five skaters at a time. And one of them is a jammer and the other four are blockers. So you are just trying to get that jammer out and to pass the other team and every time they pass another 
player on the opposing team, they score a point. Gotcha. So is it kind of like a, I think of it as like a race sort of, but with blockers and obstacles along the way? Are yeah. the jammers racing each other? Um, yes. Yeah. The jammers specifically are racing each other, but um, overall, we really try to have a very slow game, actually, because jammers naturally want to skate fast. So the faster that they get to go, they actually are going to be more... They're gonna they're gonna beat you. So we actually, as blockers, try to slow you down as much mm. as possible. So it is a race in a in a way, but sometimes that race can be very slow and not actually go anywhere because you're trying to prevent them from going fast. Got it. Got it. And I think so. The blocking. What does blocking look like in derby? Is it? Uh, are you pushing people over? Do people fall? It seems like a pretty like rough and tumble <laughs> kind of. I don't right. <laughs> what is it? What does that look like as far as? Uh, blocking how how does this compare to other contact sports um well in when blockers are doing their job properly um the most important part of it is they're working together as a a pretty good wall and and stopping that jammer from getting past them um but occasionally you get these really awesome big hits when you just catch a jammer just right as they're coming through that pack and and you get to get a little hip on them and they go flying. So, but most of the time you're just working with your teammates um to create a really nice barrier, lock in with each other so that there's there's no lane for a jammer to get through. Got it. Got it. I want to talk a little bit about the history of roller derby because I think that it's an interesting sport that's got like a long history and I always think of roller skates as being from a previous era, I think of roller derby as having kind of, I don't know, 70s? I associate both derby with like the 70s and 80s maybe, but it's having a resurgence. It's like very popular here in the area now. You're growing a lot. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the, the history of roller derby and what it's looking like in kind of the modern modern world? I mean, from the history that I know, it basically looked like WWE on wheels, <laughs> more or less just theatrics and throwing people on the ground and making it look like you're overly hurt and making it look like there's more going on than there actually is. And it was always fast paced and there's always somebody going around the track. There's always something happening, but we've slowed it down now. Like over the decades, we slowed it down and realized that people are getting hurt. People, it's not as fun uh, after the first 30 minutes when people are winded and exhausted and not doing their best and they're breaking their legs or breaking their arms not as much fun to watch as when somebody's able to keep that momentum the entire time Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where roller derby has evolved since the 70s but now it's slow methodical and thought out yeah 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 there's there's this element of performance that that's one of my questions too is like how does this compare to to wrestling you have names you have characters you have personas right and so i thought like how much of the sport is the performance piece Versus it's a sport. It's, a, you know, like it's got points and rules and it is a sport first and foremost. But the the culture of roller derby is really interesting to me, too, because there is this you have, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and one hit wonder. You have names, you have characters. Can you just talk a little bit more about kind of that that culture of creating a persona and the kind of the the, the vibe that goes into the sport that's different from most other sports that I'm familiar with? Right. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> It's actually pretty interesting. Um, I've I've been playing for 11 years, so I came in when it was still pretty gimmicky and um, 
a lot of it, you know, it was more about the jello shot and mud wrestling events on the weekends <laughs> than the actual practicing and bouting. And over the last decade, I've seen it kind of transform where it, we're not so much like that anymore. Um, it's definitely changing into becoming a more, people take it more seriously as mm -hmm. a sport. And I think we hold on to those little pieces, though, with the names. Um, but I, even at, at higher levels, you're going to see people getting away from that, where mm -hmm. they, they still stick with their last names, like, uh, you, know, you know, in NBA or right. all do that. You, so. Do you like that it's kind of making that move towards more of, like, a sports focus than a performance and entertainment focus? I, I do, personally, because I've been competitive in sports my whole life so i never really got into that i didn't love that i didn't go to the events or the after parties or anything like that so the fact that it's taken serious and we are competitive athletes definitely appeals to me more um in that way that you know i don't just put on a a little skirt and go out there and skate for somebody's attention mm. that i'm actually trying to perform and yeah. play and be successful for the game and myself and my team. Got it. How did you both get involved in derby? How did you said you've been playing derby for a long time? How did you both kind of get started in the sport? I got started. Um, there was because I started in Carson City with the team there, and so it was just getting started. It was brand new, and somebody that I knew, a friend, was knew I was an athlete, and said, "Hey." something you might be interested in you want to come try and i had wanted to i saw derby when i was 16 but it, you know a decade ago it was usually for 21 and over because of the kind of the lifestyle that went with it so i i was like i'm gonna have to wait until i you know i can get to that point um but it this team that was starting was 18 and over and i was like you know what? i think i'd be good at that i i like to be i'm aggressive i like to go fast, and I think I could be good at that. Nice. What other sports did you play? Primarily soccer. Oh, okay. Up. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, there are some parallels between soccer and derby. You think? Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think in kind of like the sh the shoving aspect of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think you think of soccer as being pretty physical, but it, it can be. So, and mm -hmm. that good center of gravity, I think, has always played a, a great part in my ability to stay on my skates when I get hit. Gotcha. What about you, Wonder? How did you get started in, in Derby? Um, so it was a, a little less, or actually a little more than a year ago. I went to the punk rock flea market mm. uh, here in town, and I uh, came across their table, and I was like, oh, we have a roller derby team in Reno. I didn't know that. And um, uh, one of our team members, she's not here today, but her name is Legal. Um, she had like a little a little roller skate um little keychain and she was like do you want it and i was like uh yeah i guess sure and she gave it to me and she's like so now you have to sign up to uh, to go and gotcha. i was like okay got it so now i've been roped in and i honestly i was a little hesitant i was a little bit on the fence and then after like a pretty gnarly breakup i was like okay i'm gonna go into roller derby i'm gonna give it my all and the first day i was like this is a little overwhelming i immediately made a friend though as soon as i sat down and i was like okay 
this is where I belong. This is fine. This is fine. It's, it's not as stressful as I thought it would be. Everybody's really nice, and everybody's very, 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 very diverse and very queer. So this is fun. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's great. I think that like the welcomingness of different sports is really important, and I know that Derby has kind of this reputation being like very queer friendly, very uh, kind of like alternative punk rock. It is a different kind of, I think, vibe than a lot of traditional sports have. Uh, I want to talk more about your specific roles, but can you tell me a little bit about what you do specifically for the team? So, Wonder, you do DEI stuff, right? Yeah, so I am our diversity, equity, and inclusion committee head. Um, so basically, I'm in charge of any like charitable organizations that we reach out to from our league. Um, so we do Pride. We also do volunteering events with Eddie House. And we've also just recently done a volunteering project with the Reno um, Reno Burrito Project, where we went and went to go roll burritos, which is a lot of fun. Um, and the little team bonding experience. But we try and use our team to give back to the community because the community has given so much to us and the means of practice space and just people to hang out with. Excellent. Yeah, I have more DEI questions. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have more DEI questions, uh, but, uh, but Jackson, what about you? What do you do specifically for the team? I know you do more kind of the coaching kind of stuff, or not coaching, but training stuff? Um, yeah, I, th I think my main job though primarily is i'm one of the board members for the league um so overseeing you know the main functions of the league and making sure we're operating um as best our abilities to continue to to train and practice and play because mm -hmm. if we can't pay our bills <laughs> or right. maintain our business licenses we aren't gonna do any of the fun stuff on the skates yeah. um and then I'm the head of training. And gotcha. so I, I primarily oversee our coaching staff and the direction that we are going to you know, go for the year, what games we're going to play, where we're going to travel, all, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And then with, along with that, I um, am the head coach of our new skater program oh, as right well. On. Can you tell me a little bit more about the organization? So Sierra Regional Roller Derby, that's the team, right, here in Reno. But you're also that, part of a league. Can you tell Sierra, me? Uh, Sierra Real, yeah. Regional Roller Derby is the league oh, okay. um, as a whole. And then within that are the team, each individual team. So we have the Sierra All-Stars, the uh, Battleborn Derby Demons, which hmm. is our Reno home team. And then our Scorpions are our junior team currently. Oh, right on. And you're, and you're part of a larger organization, right? So Sierra Regional Roller Derby falls under the WFTDA. It's the basically our governing. It's kind of what you think of like for NFL. Hmm. So you have each individual team that falls under the NFL. Their rule set, um, their <laughs> insurance guidelines, <laughs> all those kinds of things, um, and then the additional portion of that is rankings so our sierra all-star team are a ranked team within the world oh yeah right on you mentioned that you played in carson city right mm -hmm. and my understanding is that the carson city team or league has it's like a banked track but here you do flat track roller derby is that right can you they, can you explain no, the they difference? Are, they're flat track oh, they're flat track well. too um, can, can you explain kind of what flat track is yeah um so they so WTA and then you USARS. Those are kind of the two differences in the rule set. We go under the WTA and then Carson plays under 
sometimes they do WTDA, sometimes they do USARS, but USARS is traditionally known for bank track mm -hmm. skating. So it's almost the same, except we play on a flat track, which one is just easier with um, a flat surface instead of setting up a, a big old giant <laughs> bank track. And yeah, logistically, storing, it seems Yeah, easier. logistically, it's significantly better um it does change the game a lot so that's why the wfda rule set is a little different and in terms of um like on a bank track you can't really skate backwards it's <laughs> or stop <laughs> um so rules like that where on a flat track those kind of um physics change mm -hmm. so they had to adapt the rules a little bit to to, to do that to yeah. do so have you played either you played bank track or do you have a preference between the two or, <laughs> or personal experiences one is like no, no no i am so afraid of bank track um so there's this um convention it's called RollerCon, um and they have an opportunity to skate on a bank track and i can't wait to watch people fall <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> I, I have skated on bank track. It is much different. Um, I do prefer flat track roller derby mm -hmm. over bank track. Um, I think I am a jammer too. So I skate the fastest on mm -hmm. the track. I'm supposed to skate the fastest. I think skating in circles is the most boring part of roller derby. <laughs> so doing that on bank track, you're just skating really fast in a circle mm. um, on flat track strategy um and like your lateral movement your juking all starts to really play a big difference in it and it's not just i skate faster than you where do you play in the reno area what kind of uh opportunities do you have here in the region to play and where are your general location or locations um well it's always a challenge it's like we are always moving. We are always it, we're on our tiptoes every single day. Uh, anytime our location can change, uh, but currently we are at the Reno Sparks Indian Colony, on, and we are ever so grateful to them for letting us use their gym and letting us skate on it. Um, we will be there until the end of August, and then after that we are moving to the Convention Center. Um, mm. Once we move out Pickleball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We yeah. have a Pickleball. Okay, I have a follow-up for that one. I guess. <laughs> And, and we've currently, um, which is actually playing right here, we've been, we've made connections at El Sol de, <laughs> de Nevada Soccer. Um, they've been great. We actually are going to start practicing there this coming August, but that is where we've held our bouts for 2023 um, and hope to continue to have an opportunity to be there as well. Awesome. Um, what do you think about the sport of pickleball? <laughs> like, we have an issue with pickleball. Don't even get me started with pickleball. Start, you're, you're exactly. Star, you're started. We started. This is what, a very one-sided beef. I was going to say, did, would the pickleball people be booing roller derby? I no. don't think so. I don't know. If <laughs> it's like they would never boo roller derby, mostly because they're afraid of us. <laughs> but glorified ping pong, I have an issue with. <laughs> uh, 
My I, mom my mom is not allowed to listen to this episode. No, <laughs> neither is my dad. So this this is coming from love. This is coming to both of my parents, and they will both be listening to this episode wondering why I'm shaming Pickle Wall. <laughs> yeah, it, like I said, or like we mentioned, like it, finding locations is probably the biggest challenge in roller derby. You need a, a very large space to to put your track. Um, so our beef is mostly with the pickleball courts that are taking over the city (laughs) and taking over our spaces. Yeah. Um, I mean, they really are. My understanding is that pickleball is basically like, uh, taking over tennis courts. I mean, I don't, I I don't, I've never played pickleball. I don't have any personal opinion on pickleball. (laughs) Disclaimer, disclaimer for the, for the pickleball people. But yeah, no, I, I read a lot and hear a lot about pickleball being like this thing that's very... So I understand yeah. the, the competition for space yes. must be a real issue. Yeah. Um, what, as far as when you're playing the game, how are there are there refs? Are there judges? How is the, like the, the rules and the points kind of enforced? What does that look like on the, on the ground? Is there a penalty box? <laughs> and like, what does that look like? Oh, there is definitely a penalty box, and I am familiar with her. Um... <laughs> Uh, but we have a really large rule book. It's constantly updating. It's our WFTDDA or Women's Flat Track Derby Association. Um, our, all of their rules, it, it's recently changed as of like February of this year. Um, but uh, they set apart some guidelines for us to follow. So like getting out, when you cross out of bounds of the track, like if you cut in front of people that you weren't previously behind. If you elbow somebody in the face. Yeah, elbowing somebody in the face. Like you stick your skate out in front of somebody and they trip and fall. That's a penalty. And then you go and sit in the box, in the timeout box for 30 seconds of gameplay. <laughs> and then you're released and then you're back in the game. But uh, people score points on you while you're in that box. Mm. So is, yeah. thir- is 30 seconds a long time in Derby? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you oh play in, in two minute portions, basically. So oh, okay. if you, you, which is the max. So a, a jam can go anywhere from like 15 to two minutes, 15 seconds to two minutes. So okay. if you're sitting in the penalty box for 30 of that, that's yeah, you a pretty long it. time. That's a fourth of what it could yeah. potentially be. So, yeah. so how many how many jams do you do in a in a meet? I what does about. that look like in a bout? <laughs> yeah. yeah, how many how many jams in a bout? What does that look like as far as if someone goes to a derby about what are they going to see? Are they going to see the same teams competing against each other in multiple? You'll have different what we call different packs, mm-hmm. and that will get sent out for each jam. So you'll have five skaters. For one jam, when that jam ends, you'll have another set of five skaters come on and um, rinse and repeat kind of that that mentality. So Awesome. Uh, I have some questions about derby culture because I know that I think that's like one of the more most interesting things about derby is the culture of it. And like I said earlier, like the the vibe is it's badass. It's really tough. It's got this kind of like punk rock indie, like it's different than other sports. And I think in that sense, in that vibe, can you talk about why you think that is and what draws you to that part of the Derby experience, the, the culture, why that appeals to you? I think it's mostly just being attracted to wanting to play a sport that gives you just like a little bit more contact without it being football. And putting yourself like in more physical harm or rugby without like the, I don't know, without the feeling 
extremely exposed without pads in rugby. Like in roller derby, it kind of gives you that perfect medium where it's like you're covered in pads, you have a helmet, everything is safe, everything is covered, everything is good. And then you go out there and you get to play with your friends. And <laughs> so you look punk rock, but then it's also like, I'm punk rock, but, but I also, got a helmet on. Yeah, I also <laughs> I'm trying to be a safe. I'm trying to go home, and I, mm-hmm. I don't want any concussions, and I really don't want to pay any medical bills today. So <laughs> I think what I see the big draw to it is the inclusivity of body types, mm. and you know you really no no specific body type in roller derby is going to be beneficial one way or another. There's something that all body types will be good at um tall skinny people short a little bit heavier people they all have something that they can do well on the track and i think so when people see that that maybe they've never had an opportunity to play sports growing up because they were told you know you don't look a certain way to play this sport they see all sorts of different shapes and sizes that they say you know maybe i can do that so i think that creating that culture of body positivity whatever it looks like um really continues it feeds into that that you know that recruitment aspect of it yeah do you, yeah do, do absolutely do you think that the sport itself uh allows for that kind of diversity of of players and body types and and those kind of things yeah. is, is the sport itself particularly accommodating more than other sports are to different yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. It's like we you're only as strong as like your supposedly weakest player, but you can you play up to everybody's strengths with within roller derby and it feels super empowering to know that like there could be somebody on your team with a physical disability and it doesn't really matter because you're playing up to their strengths. You're playing where they are and they're able to supply to your team what they need. Like and you you're have, in a group, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not ever just on one person. Sport. It's not an individual sport. You are, you are a, basically like an amorphous blob when you're on that track. <laughs> you, your brain is like, a, like there's just like a hive mind every time you get onto that track. Well, that's your blocker mind. That's my blocker <laughs> mind. Jammers, jammers, jammers don't are care. A different jammers breed. are elsewhere. Yeah. They're in their own world. Yeah. I don't, but like, I, I don't want to be in the blob. I want to be ahead of the blob. Right? But I, I also see it in jammers. You know, I, when I train jammers, because I am a jammer, um, I can see very different jammer types that are going to be successful. And, um, you know, you might not be heavy. You might not, you might be a wispy little thing, but your strength is probably going to be in juking and getting into really small spaces. Whereas, you know, somewhere someone stronger or bigger can just plow through mm. <laughs> blockers um, and push their way through. So you can find your strength what your body does well for you on the track as compared to people tell you know you go play a different sport you know you go do ballet or something and you you're too heavy to be on point or Mm. you know you're not tall enough to play basketball something we don't we don't have that in this sport you you're there's nothing that you can't you can do it i'll figure it out we'll figure it out for you right on um we've talked a little bit about how like badass and tough roller derby people are but i understand that there is crying in roller derby (laughs) is there crying in roller derby it's just it's just an emotional release it, it like after playing like an hour of 
high intensity, like high adrenaline. You're in there. You're like, oh my gosh, so, there's so much happening afterwards. Sometimes you just got a little, little couple tears out <laughs> and just release them and then move on and then go party with your friends. Right. Yeah. I'm known for making my players cry. Mm. Only not, in a good way. But not in a negative way. You know, what, whether it's I'm proud of you and you know, hearing your coach say that will make you kind of lose it sometimes. Or, you know, today was not your best day mm. and I expect more of you. Sometimes that that's going to make you cry too, but it's not, it's because I, I know what you're capable of and yeah. I, I expect great things out of you. <laughs> Uh, I want to go back to names real quick because I know that names are a big thing in Derby. That's a big part of the culture. What makes a good Derby name? While I was coming up with questions, I thought about drag. And I know that drag names are like, they're all puns. And here in yeah, Derby, it's yeah. all puns. I feel like there it's like kind of sexual or lewd puns. And here it's like badass or tough or violent puns. Right? <laughs> so can you tell me about your your Derby names yeah, and kind of where you came with them and what you think about the I think Derby a good name is a pun. I think a good name is a pun that people, if you say it, they get it. You know, having to explain a Derby name is kind of painful, mm. which <laughs> I think I, my first Derby name was painful. And so I was like, we're just, we're going to something easier and, yeah, that's when you're. It's like I, I am just a really big fan of '70s and '80s music. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I one day was just like texting my friends, and I was like, "What about One Hit Wonder? What about that?" And nobody else said no. So <laughs> I, it was like, okay. But then okay. we get to call you Wonder. Yeah, now I you call Wonder. That's the other thing. Nice. You know, when you're picking a derby name. Two syllables you, usually. You have to think of a call name. Mm. You know, we're not going to be out on the track saying, one hit Wonder, come over here. <laughs> you have to think of something, how we can shorten that into something fun or cute um, and easy. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, we get like Holly or we get like Bunny <laughs> and <laughs> simple ones like Ox. And then there's like legal, and then we get like yeah. people's real names, like Stormy, and then like, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. We get yeah. everything. I mean, I feel like if your name is Stormy, you've kind of got it made. You can get a especially easy when you're a weather name. woman, <laughs> like yeah. That's literally Stormy it up. Trooper. So you kind of you get a cute call name, but yeah, again, a good good pun type thing. Love it. Um, wonder. My understanding is that it's very inclusive. It's very queer friendly. It's very gender expansive. But I know that in Reno in particular, we have racial difficulties because it's a very white city. Can you talk a little bit about the racial components and the DEI components of Derby and how you're trying to make sure that it is inclusive in all of those different ways? Yeah, definitely. So uh, roller derby has its moments where, uh, just like any other community at large, has its moments of people being racist, espousing white supremacy, and um, just overall being ignorant of the current political climate and being unaware of what is and isn't okay to say. And that's where we come in as DEI and basically just let the team know that it's okay to mess up, it's okay to stumble, it's okay to not know, but it's not okay to then take that knowledge and ignore it and move past it. Because as a team, we have to basically be willing to grow and reflect the community at large within our demographics, within our attitudes, 
within everything that we do. Just we want to be a pinnacle to the community. We want to show people like, hey, this is roller derby. They're actually like very accepting, very tolerant, very open. And that's what we expect from all of our teammates and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What does that look like here in Reno? In Reno specifically, it looks like us reaching out to, um, trying to reach out to underprivileged communities, especially with our partnership with the Reno Sparks Indian Colony. Um, We get, we offer uh, discounted dues to our underprivileged, they are an underprivileged and underrepresented community. So we offer $25 dues instead of our regular 45. We're trying to rectify some kind of just injustice that has done had that has been done within our community and doing what we can as a smaller community within it mm-hmm. to make it right. Excellent. Um, the other thing that I think about is also age and like you, we mentioned body type and I know that there's different physical abilities. Obviously for sports, you have to be able to compete in the sport, right? You have to have some level of physical ability, but can you talk a little bit about inclusion for people of different ages and different abilities? And if there's a, what that space looks like for people who might not be inherently particularly athletic or something like that. It's like I was starting out with roller derby and none of us at all, <laughs> I would say we're particularly athletic. And I think anybody in this room can attest to that. Um, for, think, for the listeners, no one in the audience disagreed with that at all. Like, I, I, I saw no no disagreement. There is no disagreement. Skates uh, do a really awesome job of um, making some of the most graceful people look tragic. It's like we um, all look bi- like Bambi but also, for those six weeks. In terms of age... Um, which it, it you know generally it is an older person sport. Mm. Um, it's definitely getting more popular with junior leagues around the the world around the country. But w- one thing I think the older pe- people usually have is they've skated in the eighties and nineties. They already have some of those skills that some of us who didn't have skates have to learn. Um, mm. So they do kind of pick it up there. Also. Skates have a really awesome job of being much easier on the body than traditional sports. Mm. Running, um, impact on skates is much better on your body. Oh, so, that's interesting. It, it, you know, rolling on wheels, we can do that into our yeah. 50s and 60s. And, and it's, it's more about nice. the, the falling that we got to worry about when we <laughs> right. get older. And you, and you can learn how to fall, right? Yes, I think. that's yeah. the first yeah. thing I teach you it's is like how to fall. Week. How First to stop week. and how to fall. Like, yeah. All the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- you just got me thinking about like perform- like doing a sport on rolling wheels seems extra hard compared to most other sports. Most other sports, you have your feet underneath you. But yeah. derby, you have skates. Can you just talk a little bit about skating and kind of learning how to skate and being comfortable when you're rolling around? <laughs> what that's been like? Have you always have you skated for a long time? Kind of what was no, your No, I had not skated on quad skates ever before roller derby. I'd done inline skating, but um I actually like to do this fun little thing with my new skaters on their last week of their off skate program. They play shoe derby. So they get an opportunity to, you know, play derby, do the rules, do the blocking, all that in their shoes. And they are so successful and it is so <laughs> tough and they get so tired. Um, and then you put wheels on your feet and all of a sudden, 
literally, you know, it takes months to kind of connect your body and your brain to what is happening while you're rolling. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's a challenge. Um, you think you got it, and then you put some wheels on and add it in, and it's a it's a whole different game. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the other kind of like derby culture question that I have is you mentioned earlier the the mud wrestling and the jello shots and the partying and the wildness of derby. But I understand that there's a lot of derby players who are sober, who are not there for the party, who are more serious about the sport and the athleticism and the camaraderie and the competition and all of those kind of things. Can you talk a little bit about the the party culture versus the athletic culture of yeah. derby and and what the sierra regional kind of looks like and think, and what parts are included here yeah i think that that's definitely a newer aspect of the roller derby community that has been coming up um i think and that's because i'm sober i don't drink i think that has always been why i may have been more interested in the the actual sport aspect of it um and was glad when we transitioned to a more serious sport um and i i think inclusive again goes back to inclusivity if and i i'm always thinking about recruiting if you are having a some type of culture whatever that culture looks like that excludes a portion of your community you're losing out on recruitment you're losing out on new skaters and bodies to fill your for membership um i'm i'm so glad we don't do mud wrestling or jello <laughs> shots or anything um i also i mean and i also started when i was under, under 21 but we still did bar events and um i you know having underage kids sneaking into bars or sitting out on the curb while everyone's having fun inside that's not fun right and that's not um that's not progressive for junior leagues too mm -hmm. so because we have a junior league we can't be having adult type events i mean we can but that's a whole part of our membership that we are excluding from events movie nights or after parties, if we have them in bars, those are there's and families. You got kids, you can't bring them into the bar when you're after party, so they're not going. So now you got three people looking at each other while they party <laughs> by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, I would definitely like. I feel like the popular culture also is shifting more towards like being more conscientious towards liquor and drugs in general and being more open towards activities that don't revolve around drinking or partaking in other substances. And that's been, a it's amplified in roller derby, especially since we do have people that are within the 18 to 21 range. And it's hard finding stuff, especially in the city of Reno, that is not tailored to drinking, but it's part of the challenge of being in a roller derby team that wants everybody. It's finding things that make everybody feel welcome and secure and safe and not excluded because they don't drink or partake in other stuff. Mm -hmm. I also feel like I got hit by a bus after games. <laughs> I don't know how you go and add alcohol on top of that. <laughs> I've never understood it. I want to die the next yeah. morning. It's like, so. it's, it's like a fast course to like vomiting immediately yeah, yeah. after. So, so no. I have, I've, I, I, you're not playing hard enough, is what I said. 
it's, it's, it's been a relatively common theme, I think, with a lot of people that I know. I'm near my late 30s of people who are not drinking as much or not drinking at all because they have other things that they want to do in their life. And at some point you realize, oh, wait, like drinking a lot is really interfering with the things I actually want to do. So it's interesting to hear about Derby kind of, uh, you know, modeling that and people who don't drink that much or don't want to drink at all having a sport that they can participate in and still have the kind of team environment and the camaraderie without it being based around specifically like going to the bar and getting drunk. And I, I mean, there's definitely still going to be those types, those teams out there, those cultures, and that's fine. That's just never, that's not the culture that we want to have our league um, reflect mm-hmm. specifically. I, I mean, I specifically think because of the kids, you know, yeah. it's not inclusive. I want our kids to look up to us. Mm-hmm. I want them to say, hey, I want to be like Jackson when I get older um, I say that, and I'm 23. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the other question I have about kind of like the uh, the inc- inclusivity is that I understand roller derby. I generally think of it as a very like female identifying sport, and I know there are co-ed leagues, but I think of roller derby as a very female sport. Can you talk a little bit about the inclusivity around gender? Is Sierra Regional Roller Derby a female identifying only league, or kind of what does the the gender inclusivity look like in the sport? Because I, I tend to associate it with a very female kind of orientation. Yeah, so, I mean, like, the WIFTA title is kind of a misnomer. We are a gender-expansive team, so we will take anybody. If you want to learn how to play roller derby, come on down and learn how to play roller derby. We need refs. We need more bodies on our track. We need more people to help out with scrimmages. We need more people to help out with, like, non-skating officials. We want everybody to be able to help no matter what you look like, no matter what pronouns you use, no matter whether you've medically transitioned or not. I want you to join and feel comfortable in roller derby. Always. Excellent. What is coming up for Sierra Regional Roller Derby? I know you got some some dreams, some ideas, some plans. Uh, what do you <laughs> What are you looking forward to here in the Reno area around Roller Derby? Um, our Our biggest event every year, um, and it will be the first time coming back since the pandemic. So it's a pretty big deal, and it's a bigger deal this year because we are um, pairing up with the Legion Sports Fest. And the center podium at the Reno Sparks Convention Center. We're holding our ninth annual Deep Blue tournament. So there will be nine ranked teams coming to um, play each other, kind of hopefully adjust those rankings a little bit in the positive aspect. That will be October 7th and 8th. Again, it's at the Reno Convention Center under the Legion Sports Festival. That's, I mean... It's a pretty big deal. <laughs> it's humongous, humongous deal. Yeah. And tickets are discounted now uh, through September. So buy your tickets early um, so you and can get a sweet, sweet discount of like, I think they're $16. They're $15, $15 right day. now. And then like they go to 16 in August and then they go to 17 in September. Yeah. Buy and, your tickets early. And the fest, and the fest, the sports fest, it's, I mean, it's not just going to be us. So there's all sorts of really awesome kind of odd sports you know that you don't get to see very often like armored combat <laughs> which i love yeah, wait, uh, and uh, ar- armored combat yeah it's like where they actually get into like suits of armor and like hit jousting. each other with 
swords. No shit. That's um, a, and that's that's going to be a, that's, that's going to be, be the same this, thing. That's yeah. going to be at the same place. Oh, yep. Okay. They're going to have it's... like Muay Thai, strongman competitions, um, like powerlifting, arm wrestling, Olympic weightlifting. They've got all sorts of kind of you know unusual sports that you don't get to see you know in person very often. So. And it's, it's a pretty big deal. Oh, we're very, fun. very excited about it. Yes, yeah. we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to hosting a whole bunch of teams, um, amazing teams that are so nice and so yeah. fun to play. And and getting back after the pandemic. We haven't been able to have the tournament. So, um, and having it be such a successful event with the fest is going gonna, is gonna to be pretty great. That's going to be a proud moment for me, for yeah. sure. Yeah, Jackson, you said you've you've played with uh, Sierra Regional for quite a while, and we just had a giant pandemic that shut everything down. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about kind of what happened during the pandemic? Were you doing anything at all? Did it did it completely um, shut down? And what's it looking like now as we're you know kind coming of coming out, out of it? things? Yeah, um, it was pretty rough. I think for most organizations, it bled probably ninety percent of our league, and you know people's lives changed. We had people who graduated and moved. People started families. People moved jobs. Um, we had two years, three years off where you just got new interests. So when we finally got the clear to come back, it was kind of a couple of us staring at each other. Like, are we going <laughs> to... It, re- it really was through the you know the couple years, we said, who's going to hold the fort down and and see this through and see if we can kind of make it survive um and then we we kind of got the clear to that we could start playing again and we held a new skater program and i had 110 people show up on day one nice (laughs) and that that probably single-handedly um helped the the league survive that's all my new skaters like wonder um that that came and said that they they wanted to participate, and we've kind of been riding that wave for the last, it's almost been a year now. It started August last year. Um, nice. But, yeah, it was rough. We <laughs> we had board members who literally were just like, I'll just be on the board, but I'm not going to do anything because mm. I can't. You know, it was just to, to basically fill a position mm-hmm. um, until we got that green light, and then taken it from there how does it how does it feel being like super active again it's amazing (laughs) um it's honestly they these these new additions to our league is probably my proudest roller derby moment Uh, we wouldn't uh, the league wouldn't be the league wouldn't exist um if i didn't have them and the 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 culture and the league that they have created um, that like DEI and all these people that you know, I couldn't, I was not capable of doing this all on my own. Um, like I said, I basically just paid the, <laughs> I, I paid the business license, um, checked the mailbox. I did, you know, what I could, but I would never be able to do all the marketing and events and all that that this these amazing humans have have helped us survive and get through the league. Yeah. another thing i know you have kind of plans for is uh a skate library and and lessons and kind of this uh introduction or this accessibility to roller skating to derby in general can you talk a little bit about 
the idea of a, a skate library, why that's important, and how to kind of bring people into skating who haven't done it before? Yeah, so, I mean, roller derby isn't really known for being, like, the cheapest sport to get into, uh, I will say. Um, and a lot of us, as soon as you get into roller derby, you inherit gear, and then you shed gear, and then you buy some more because there was a discount and you saw something on try clearance. something and it's try sucks. something and it doesn't, doesn't work, work for your out, body but it might work out for one of your teammates and that's where this that's where a skate library comes in and that's kind of on the half of our dei and that's us trying to make skating and roller derby be like less cost prohibitive and the sense that if you need gear if you need knee pads if you need a helmet, like you fell and your helmet just isn't in service anymore, that's where we come in and we're able to help spot you for the time being. Check out a helmet, check out elbow pads, check out wrist guards if you need it, knee pads. If you need a pair of skates because like your plates broke, which is and happens not the most ideal. in the middle of games. <laughs> and it does happen. It's like we do have a team member who can attest to plates breaking in the middle of the game and being lucky <laughs> enough to have a second pair of skates somehow in the back of their car. I don't know how. Uh, but because, uh, yeah, plates are expensive. They're usually like $200 a piece. And it's it's not something that you can just drop at the, de- like at the drop of a hat. So... Yeah, that's going to be, that's a big um, kind of like administrative goal for us for the year in in terms of getting set up and yes. organized instead of just, you know, playing. But Yeah, and then also as well as having a scholarship fund, which is, it works intra-league. So say somebody who's been able to pay dues is just somehow just like lost their job and isn't able to afford the money to keep playing, but they want to keep participating like, that's where we come in and we're able to take care of their dues for a month and they're able to exchange that for maybe coming to set up the track for us for a handful of days or coming to um, <laughs> there are donuts and it's Jackson's favorite food so um, uh, but so um, like if we have people that need to work for non-skating officials, that's where somebody else would come in. And yeah. Excellent. We got distracted by donuts. There were donuts delivered. <laughs> there are being, while there we are donuts being delivered. Um, I always like to leave time for Q&A at events like this. It's always fun to have a live audience, and something I don't normally get to do on the show is Q&A time. So are, th- are there folks in our, in our audience who have questions for our guests tonight? I see a hand up. Come on up here. I'll let you... Talking to the mic up here. Hi, sorry, I'm finishing my donut. Um, but I am wondering, is there any way that you could just take like a lesson on roller derby or do you have to commit to a team right away? Well, and I think that's the glory of our new skater program because it's six weeks off skates. Um, and then this year I actually did like a info night before the program too to kind of give you that information of what being included in the league was going to look like cost time commitment um involvement community or culture community all that um then you go through the six weeks where then we kind of cover little expand on the rules what you need to buy for gear um and then you can get on skates your first day and 
and and get those basics and that's i give my new skaters kind of a, a period of leeway where they get to decide oh i love this i hate this it's not for me <laughs> take my gear back <laughs> i don't i thought i would like it but yeah i'm not so excellent it's like we try not to throw people on skates immediately simply because just don't want anybody to hurt themselves and immediately be turned off of the sport forever because mm. yeah. the first impression means a lot and if the first impression is you watching us play and being like i want to work to that that's better than us watching you flounder and throw yourself around on the ground and yeah. then somebody hurt themselves mm -hmm. yeah so i do a couple of things like um like new members don't pay dues for the first month they don't have to get their insurance for the first month so that we we give you that grace period to kind of figure out if you're going to stick it out. Because um, on, on my end, too, on the coaching end, it's a lot of work to put into somebody for them. You know, I put all this time and energy and effort into mm -hmm. teaching you something, and then you're like, I hate it. I'm not coming back. And I just, you know, I kind of I poured a lot of hours into you. Yeah. So. Do, you, do you find that that kind of like burnout, overwhelm, like this is not for me rate is a challenge for you? Or do you think that um, that most of the people who come to learn end up liking it? What's that kind of look like as far as for you as a, as a, as a coach and a trainer or whatever to, um, uh, to talk to and work with new people? Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's the, it's one of my most favorite things about roller derby. Um, I love to coach the, you know, brand new little babies and <laughs> learn how to skate. And then I, I coach at the all-star level mm. and you know, that more strategic higher level play. Um, but like I said, our last new skater program, or my first one back from the pandemic, we had 110 people. Um, I had probably 45 of them graduate. So you do, there is a pretty big loss. Mm -hmm. um, the They say about 25%. If 25% of your skaters get on skates and start to bout, you're doing a really good job. Um, and we usually try, we do pretty well on hitting those numbers. And I've done so many programs and you coach so many people. You start to kind of, you kind of start to learn and you can weed out, you know, who's going to stick it out. Mm -hmm. You can tell who the, you can tell who's hungry for it. You can tell who wants to be here, who wants to improve. So not to say that like, I won't pay attention to the people <laughs> who are not in it, but you, you kind of, you, it crushes your soul a little less when you when they leave and you're like i i knew it right. <laughs> i knew it was coming <laughs> so yeah uh what other audience q a questions who else has questions come on up so this is a two-part question um what is the biggest selling points for roller derby one for new skaters and two for fans I will say for newer skaters, um, if you want a built-in group of 40 friends, easiest way to make 40 friends. Easiest way to get an extra handful of friends to go out with and hang out with anytime, whenever. Just send a message in our, in our little message group and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm actually going to this too. Easiest way to make friends. That's how I would sell it to a new skater. <laughs> like if you're... If you're looking for a way to just make a whole bunch of nice friends that will look out for you and do anything for you, 
Jordan Derby. <laughs> Mine's kind of, it goes for both fans and new skaters. Um, is for new skaters, it's don't you want to hit your friends? <laughs> and then for fans, it's don't you want to see people hit their friends? <laughs> yeah, we watch NASCAR for the crashes. <laughs> so you watch roller derby for people hitting each other. Yeah. And, 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 you know. I mean, th- th- that is a real appeal of the game, I guess, is that there is a physical element of being able to kind of like uh get like rough and tumble and like yep. wrestle around a little and like be tough with the people that you know that it's a safe way to kind of like it's yeah. fighting without worrying <laughs> about actually getting beat up is that yeah. part of the appeal yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah it's mostly just like a wonder of like am i going to end up with a bruise here at the end of the day yeah. Yeah. literally yeah. it's like is this going to end up in a bruise i hope not but then it usually does. But it's, I was going to say, usually yes. Yeah, right? nine <laughs> times out of ten, it's a bruise, and it's going to be worse than you thought it was going to be. We have a like a saying that you know when you have a bad day or you know work was ter- work was terrible or something happened at home or your car got hit um, <laughs> on your way and here, and you really don't like you don't want to go to practice. Like you had a bad day, but it's amazing what those endorphins do, and you get on skates, you go to practice. Your worries and your cares kind of go away, and how and you hit your friends, and how much better you feel at the end of practice, and and you know it it just improves your life, honestly, mentally, and makes you feel better. <laughs> Love that. Hit hit your friends if you're if you're stressed. Find a way to hit your friends in a way <laughs> yeah. that's safe. Any other questions from our audience? Oh, I got one up here. Come on up. I'm a long fan of Reunoites and a new fan of uh, Sierra Regional Roller Derby. I have a question for both of you. Besides your own nickname, what is your favorite nickname of another player and why? Um, I will have to say Dolly Farton. Yeah, that one was a high a personal highlight of mine. I saw it at it was at Auburn when we played Auburn. It was one of the junior players. Juniors come up with some of the funniest <laughs> funniest names. I Dolly Farton is not something that would have ever been on my radar and it's so good. I think um when she told me her new name, I was like, I love it. I want it. Holly Peño. Yeah. yeah. It's just cute. And she goes by Holly, which is cute. And I love jalapenos. I love spicy food. Um, but yeah, love it. Love it. I saw another hand go up when I asked for questions. Oh, come on up. Okay. Um, this is from a coach. How has Derby changed for you since before motherhood and now after? Ugh, yeah, they tell me I'm, I've gotten softer, which every single practice they're like, she's soft. <laughs> she's a mom. She's, she's soft. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you, like, you haven't wear. gotten to a point when I can not be soft to you. Um, I, th- I think my priorities have changed. Derby is still one of the hugest things in my life. I'm blessed to have a family that is so supportive to go to practice five days a week, um, make sure I have dinner 
before I leave, take care of my kid while I'm gone. Um, give me the grace to do really whatever I want. Um, but understanding that I'm, you know, I could be missing out on things. And also I look to the future really of like what my life is going to look like in 10 years when that, when my child has grown up and has her own interests and, you know, I'm carting her around to soccer practices or all that. Um, it's put, it just kind of puts things in, in perspective a little bit more than, I mean, I, I still, I probably commit more time now <laughs> than I did when I, before I had kids. But um, I think even from when I started Derby to now and not necessarily having a child, but my outlook on how I'm perceived to youth has changed. When I started Derby, I was very young. I was a hothead. I was not an example of, I was a, a whole. Um, I had refs who were, <laughs> they knew who Jackson was when she played. Um, and that is not the person that I would ever want, not just my own child to look at, but any child to be watching and, and use that as an example for, you know, who they want to grow up and, and be when they skate or whatever. Um, so I'm always trying to, you know, think about those kinds of things is what kind of example am I setting for, you know, our juniors or even my own kid someday. Yeah. Where can people learn more about Sierra Regional Roller Derby? If people, if people listen to this and they want to get involved, want to get connected, they, they have events that they can go to, how else can people reach you, connect with you, or otherwise get involved? Um, they can follow our Instagram at Sierra Ro Regional Roller Derby. Um, and then we also have our Facebook, which is also Sierra Regional Roller Derby or Battleborn Der Derby Demons for our B-level team. And then you can also go to our website. Sierra Regional Roller Derby org. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jackson thank and Wonder, for coming on Reno Ice to talk about Sierra Regional Roller Derby. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yes. so much fun. And, and thank you to all the folks. I know Cass is not on the stage tonight, but Cass is the one who kind of put all this together. Hell, Bunny. Yes. Thank you, Bunny. Thank you all so much for being here. I appreciate you taking the time to come out for our live audience, folks that are listening. Thank you so much for being on the show, you two. And um, again, if you enjoy this podcast, want to learn more about Sierra Regional and Rural Derby, you just learned how. And I appreciate you checking out the show and coming out to check out the live event. Again, this is not necessarily a drinking league, but we're going to hang out afterwards. So if you're here in the audience, hang out afterwards, have some drinks, hang out, chat with our guests and with myself. And uh, thank you so much. Have a great night, y'all. <laughs> Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's special live episode of Renoites from Black Rabbit Mead, and special thanks to my guests, Sierra Regional Roller Derby. Keep an eye out on the podcast feed this week. I actually have an additional bonus mini episode with Ella from Bitchin' Betty's, a skate group that she created. They just had their annual skate competition at Idlewild Park recently. We had a great conversation about skateboarding and making skating more accessible for more people. That one should be out later this week. And that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for listening.